today's episode of the Thriving in Ministry podcast, five things new pastors cannot ignore. This is the day. Church leader, are you new into the pastor role or at a new church? These are five simple things that you cannot simply ignore. I'm Kyle Willis, founder of Talenton Church Services, and as always, Dr. Dace Clifton, dailypastor.com, is with me. Dace, we have been on a little bit of a uh, mini sabbatical, a little bit of vacation going every other week on our podcasting because uh, we've had some family stuff, some balance to take care of, right? Well, that's right. We've been a little bit off because, yeah, we've been off. It's been our summer break uh, for our family, and we did a little travel to the mountains. And then I think we visited some of the Willis family in Tulsa, Oklahoma, a few last week. And so, man, it's been good, but we're back in the office, and things are all, it's uh, it's all go for launch time, man. Man, uh, so have you been watching any of the Olympics uh, outside of the little bit that we watched? <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't had a chance. And you may have had a question already prepared for us today because that's kind of your role in this thing. But I do have a question for you. Uh, If you were going to compete in one Olympic event, what would that be? Oh, that's an easy question for me. Summertime Olympics are definitely going to be judo. Now, I would probably get both arms and legs broken by, you know, Olympic level judo athletes, but a long, long time ago, you know, I was involved in martial arts and actually did some judo and some other things. And so I love judo. It's fun for me to watch. And it actually is, if it's actually a really enjoyable sport to, to be involved in. And if you know a few things like this sounds crazy, but if you know how to fall correctly, uh, you're not going to get hurt. Now, if you don't know how to fall or land properly, Judo will be extremely painful, but if you know how to land, then you're going to be good. And so I love judo without question or hesitation. It'd be judo for me. Well, I was thinking a little bit about that for myself and uh, not that I would be able to compete at all, uh, but it would be fun to see me do like the three meter diving competition. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be great days? <laughs> I think that's awesome, man. I mean, I think that's awesome. Wouldn't it be cool? Like the very last dive, you just do like a full on belly flop. And like intentionally, and then just go out and wave to the crowd. You'd be more famous for that than like, you know, getting another gold. Well, maybe. Um, I, I think I would do the belly flop maybe unintentionally, um, but it, it is okay because today we are trying uh, to talk about some serious stuff specifically directed to new pastors, church leaders. Uh, days before we talk about the critical areas that uh, a new pastor cannot ignore, can you start us off with the verse of the day? Well, the verse of the day is a pretty well-known passage of Scripture, but so important for every church. And this is what Jesus told his disciples right before he was crucified and, and then resurrected. It's John 13, 35. He says, by this, all people will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. Uh, that love being the key virtue there is, is one area that we're going to talk about in these, in these five areas. And so just a little preview there, man, love, so important for each of our lives, but especially for the life of the community. We need to be surrounded by Christ followers who have a genuine love, not only for Jesus, but for one another. And sometimes that can slip in ministry. So we'll talk all about it. 
Well, Days, I appreciate you sharing that. And uh, while we have titled this, you know, the the five things that new pastors cannot ignore, I think it's fair to say that uh, really these apply to all churches. And so we could have titled that a little bit differently. But uh, specifically, we're talking to pastors, church leaders. Uh, these are, are very common areas. This is not going to be a real in-depth discussion, uh, but we do want to hit on the five areas that should be on your radar. Uh, before we get into these, I do want to say uh, here in the next week or two, we're going to get back to our four questions with pastors. Uh, so we're really excited about what we have coming up in the fall. Um, and so we, we're using these throughout the summer to, to kind of fill our time and fill our cups. Uh, but be on the lookout. We have new episodes here released in the fall. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. So Dace, give me your first point about the five things that a new pastor cannot ignore. Well, a church can't ignore a changing community. And this is such a common phenomenon, particularly with churches that you know are located in urban areas. Neighborhoods and communities have these life cycles, and a church is going to have to follow uh, the life cycle of the community and hopefully be a positive impact, a, a Christ-honoring impact on every single life cycle of the community. Kyle, you know that I'm, I'm just a, a pretty short distance away from the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and there's one neighborhood right near downtown Fort Worth that I think about the last probably 70 years. It went from a a, a bedroom community where you had young families there to a community that was really struggling with a, a, a lot of people moving out, vacant houses, to a rebirth. And then now this neighborhood is like the trendy, hip place to be. It's filled full of uh, mid-20 to early 30-year-old business professionals. And so, wow, that whole community has just dramatically changed. And so the church that reached that community 50 years ago is different from the one that reached it 30 years ago and is certainly different from the one that's going to reach it now. And so you've got to stay on pace and monitor the demographics, the age, ethnicity, the the economics, your church, your community. The goal really should be to reflect the community that's there and then bless them with uh, the grace of Christ, you know, uh, ministering to them. I mean, that's the key. And and so, Dace, you know, maybe one of the things that we're talking about here is to that new pastor. Maybe you've been in ministry for a while, but this is maybe your first pastorate role. Uh, There's a chance that you're coming in if you're not planting a church that you're coming into maybe what what is called a revitalization effort. So you're coming into a church that is located over here where they grown up. They were an established church. Uh, Now they look around and they they see that issues are are arising and and maybe they just don't know how to meet the needs of their community. And so that's why we're talking about this. If this is your first role, uh, then maybe you're sitting here looking around and you walk in and you notice stuff about a community uh, yeah. that, the, that the church body hasn't even seen. Well, that's exactly right, Kyle. And I think that for, you know, pastors that are in this situation, and, and first of all, if you're in this situation, you are not alone. A lot of churches, as you said earlier, Kyle, whether you're a new pastor or not, a lot of churches are in this situation where their church does not match or impact uh, the community or maybe has a very minimal impact. And so the first encouragement that I would give someone that's in this situation is just to know, hey, God honors steps of faith. Uh, he, he, he loves you. He loves this community. He wants this community to be reached with uh, the love of Christ, with the gospel. And so you, your steps of faith are going to be honored. Maybe it's just to reach out, pick a school to adopt. Maybe it's to start a ministry that impacts a community center or adopting 
businesses to impact their workers, caring for people. That's a great place to start. You can start somewhere. And I think that the goal every single time when we're talking about community impact is the community that surrounds your church needs to know that this church cares about us. It cares about this community. And so I'm not talking about necessarily going to every single civic meeting, although that might be where you need to start. Um, I'm talking about the people, the neighborhood that surrounds your church, that those people that live there need to know, man, this church cares about me and my family. Right. And if you want a book to read on this, uh, I would recommend Jeff Henderson. The book is called Four. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. Uh, but this was a great book. And and Jeff had worked for Chick-fil-A, then worked at North, North Point with Andy Stanley. Uh, and he talks about, hey, knowing what you're for. And so if you look at that community uh, issue, right, a, a changing community, the first point that we're talking about today uh, really, it's about knowing them, right? So know your community. Uh, and then it's about, hey, how are we going to care for them? How are we going to minister and be a light, be a revitalization uh, movement that's going on in that community? So, Dace, I think that's a great first point. And I think the second one here is that we're talking about facilities. You know, this is something that I am passionate about. Um, yeah. The church is not a building. I get it. Uh, but rundown facilities is our second point today. Well, that's right. And sometimes we don't realize the message that is being sent to the community by our, our church or maybe the facilities that just really need a little TLC. They really need some help. And, um, you know, this is something that certainly there, when we're talking about facilities that need to be updated, maybe things haven't changed in 20, 30, or 40, or 50 years, we start thinking, man, there's nothing that I can do, right? You know, this is gonna be, it's going to take several million dollars, and, and we're just making the budget. And so, you know, I hear what you're saying, but there's really nothing I can do. That is absolutely not true. Every pastor can have an, a positive impact to make sure that we're putting our best foot forward. And so, no cash is not an excuse. You can definitely start small on this. In fact, that's you know, if you don't have the cash or the support or the clear vision, that's definitely where you need to start. And so, you know, clean up the junk, paint the sign, trim trees, bushes, weed, make it look like someone cares. You know, Kyle, we were traveling here uh, on the road during that time. And I always look at every single church that I pass and it's very apparent which church there's somebody that cares and there's other churches. It's apparent that nobody cares if the sign is dilapidated, if it's got rust, you know, those types of things, it's clear. There may be people that are gathering there to worship and they may, may be the sweetest people on the planet, but really what they're saying to me by that rundown, just that, that lack of care is that <laughs> they really don't care or they really don't realize, you know, that they're not putting their best foot forward. So yeah, you've got to start small. Some I, w- I want to interrupt you there. And it's not maybe that the church doesn't care. Uh, but it's it's the fact that they're not anticipating someone new. So if you have someone coming over to your house uh, and you know they are coming next Friday, you are going to clean the house. You're going to do the dishes. Uh, you may mow the yard because you have guests coming over. Um, and that's a new thing coming out of COVID. Uh, maybe you haven't had guests over in a while. Uh, but you're going to do some things to prepare for them. Right. And if if I know that someone's coming over for dinner at my house, I'm going to clean my house. And I think what happens in some of these revitalization efforts or if you're a new pastor into the into this particular church congregation, 
uh, it, frankly, maybe they've, they've not given up. That's probably too harsh of a word, but they've basically yeah. lost hope that anyone new is going to come. And so what Dace is talking about here is I, I don't think it's a care issue. Maybe uh, you have some legacy members that used to be able to take care of the building and, and they have fallen out of, of health. Uh, maybe the church does have finance issues, but uh, more than likely, it's the fact that they just quit expecting someone to show up. And guess what? It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Uh, and so when we're talking about rundown facilities, uh, it really is an option just to, or it's not an option. It's really just an opportunity uh, to make it look awesome. We know that God can move. We know the Holy Spirit can bring people to your doorstep. Um, and rundown facilities is part of your front porch. And so uh, mow your lawn, right? I, I think awesome. Uh, this is a great building. This is a, a place that the community gathers uh, is absolutely something that every new pastor, every church uh, should look at because God has given you your unique community dynamics uh, within your your area of influence. And so uh, what we want to do is steward them well. And so rundown facilities or, or areas that uh, maybe are neglected. I think now is a great opportunity uh, to to get after it. Well, that, you're right, Kyle, and that's a good point that you made. And I'll just end on this. It's also important for, particularly for new pastors, to recognize that awesome is community specific. And what I mean by that is, is the way that a the long term plans, you know, for the for the building maintenance, the care of a church is going to look different given your context, and so. You know, I, I made a mistake early in ministry where I came from a an urban church in a, a large metroplex, you know, millions of people in that vicinity to a small community. And it's not that the standards are different. It's just that, hey, the architecture is different, the way that a church is going to look to reflect the community. And so we've done probably, I think we've remodeled about 90 to 95 percent of our facilities inside and out now uh, at my current church. and early in ministry, I, I had this vision like, Hey man, I want to make this look like the church that I came from that was, you know, in the middle of a, of the Metroplex with millions of people. Now my view, my goal is, man, I want to make this look like the best of this community that I live in. And that's a totally different vision, really important distinction there. Right. Uh, and so since, you know, I'm passionate about, uh, church facilities days, I will add one more point here is you kind of have to look at it similar to your car. Uh, meaning that uh, if it's not cleaned on the outside and the inside, if you've not handled the knocking noise underneath the engine, those are that's a, uh, an odd analogy to draw to a church facility. Um, but I, the reason I bring it up is sometimes we forget the age uh, and other people notice it. So, you know, I drive a car that's seven years old. To me, it still feels new because uh, it wasn't that long ago. But reality is uh, it is starting to show age. And so uh, your building is the same way because your people have been faithfully coming year after year. Uh, time almost misses it. it. It almost becomes an afterthought. So the first two points there were a changing community and taking care of our facilities or rundown facilities. The third point that a new pastor simply cannot ignore is uh, the three F's. So we're calling that a lack of friendship, fun, and fellowship. Dace, talk to me about the three F's. Well, this is really critical, particularly when we're talking about churches that need revitalization. And what I'm referring to here is, is when the body, when the community of Christians here, they're no longer 
really uh, connecting in genuine relationship. There's the, there's not a, a constant rhythm of friendship, fun, and fellowship, as you mentioned in the title there. And I think that in a lot of cases, sometimes when challenges come into a church, when we're, there's battles that are fought, when there's leadership that may be bad that comes and then goes, uh, there's hurts that are developed, it can really impact the sweet fellowship, the fun, and the joy that should be present in every New Testament church. And so, yeah, we as leaders, we've really got to make sure that we're fostering an environment, that we're leading people to engage in, in genuine uh, fun, in fellowship, in community. It's, and, and it's important for the life of the church. And it is important to the life of the church. And, and I think back to a episode or a podcast that we did with Steve Hinton. And when we asked him the question, what do you think you, or what do you wish you would have known earlier in ministry? Uh, his answer was, was pretty poignant. And he said, I wish I would have learned to enjoy it. Uh, and so we know outreach can be fun, right? Uh, and, and so if you got a problem, a, a lack of friendship, fun and fellowship, uh, you know, we want to make it fun. So Dace, give us a practical example of what your church is doing in the area of friendship, fun and fellowship. Kyle, one of the ways that we try to do outreach and fellowship at the same time, we have a monthly men's meal that really we've grown over the past few years. And in the fabric of our community, a lot of these guys that we minister to, they love to hunt, they love to fish, they love to be outside. And so on our monthly Thursday night men's meals, we'll, we have a team of guys that, man, they just cook these awesome meals. They'll do barbecued ribs, they'll do fish fries, they'll do wild game. Uh, and I mean, not just once a year, I mean, on a regular basis. And it really is a front door for the life of our ministry and church. We've got guys that are coming that are not believers. We've got people that uh, not only are they not members, but they're just, you know, they're not Christians in any capacity. And, but yet they will come to this meal because of the fellowship, because of the friendship and the food. And so it's a great outreach opportunity and it's a lot of fun. There you go. Uh, and so the fourth point that we're talking about today to new pastors um, that simply you can't ignore is really a drift from mission. So Dace, talk to me a little bit about our fourth point. Well, it's one of the most challenging dynamics of being a new pastor, particularly of a long-standing church. Uh, maybe you've inherited, you know, a ministry model that really is not effective for reaching the community. You've go- you're going to have to unsaddle the dead horses. So, if a ministry is not producing any fruit, any life change, and we're just doing it, it's just become so programmatic with no results. Then it's time for that ministry to either be radically modified, retooled, or end. So you have to have honest conversations. I mean, obviously they're loving conversations, but we've got to say, hey, there's there's got to be, you know, this is not doing what it was designed to do. It used to work and now it doesn't. So we've got to have those honest conversations. That's the start. We have to have hopeful conversations. You can't just tell somebody that something is bad and expect them to have a good day. You've got to provide hope. And as a leader, that's one of the important things when we're, you've got to point a way forward. You know, there is something that we could do that could be more effective. So honest conversations, hopeful conversations, provide that way forward. I mean, that's really why you're there as a pastor, as a ministry leader, to help people see what they haven't been able to see before. Instead of drift away from mission so that we can change directions, it's going to be incremental sometimes, and it's going to take some time sometimes but so we, that we can reorient the direction of the ministry towards a more effective way to do ministry so that life change can happen. And days off of that. So since we are doing some alliteration here and the, the last three were really the, uh, the three F's, right? Which is the friendship, fun and fellowship. Uh, and now you're talking about a drift for mission and the conversations we need to have. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to do further alliteration, the three H's. So it's honest, 
helpful. And then I'm going to add a healing as our third H. So having conversations that are honest, hopeful, and healing, I think, will help to keep you on mission. So our final point here is a staff that is burned out. Um, There's a chance when you're a new pastor, you're coming into a situation where there's been an interim pastor or no pastor for for several months. And uh, when you come into that role, there's a really good chance that uh, they will want some leadership, but also they've been carrying a heavier load than what they're used to or capable of. Uh, And so our fifth point for new pastors coming into a new uh, situation or a new church, and and really, it, it frankly applies to a lot of churches. But the fifth one is a staff that is burned out. Uh, Dace, where have you seen this happen? And, and talk to me a little bit more about this. Well, this issue is near and dear to my heart because I've come close to the crispy edge of burnout myself, and uh, it's probably one of the most dangerous and yet frequently ignored issues that's addressed by churches. And it's such a huge liability. And I'm talking about ministry leaders who have served, worked long-term and have been either effective or maybe not effective. The dynamics can be both. And they come to a place where they are just depleted. And I think that's really the operative word. They're depleted, whether it's physically, mentally, or emotionally. They've spent all of their their emotional or physical currency uh, leading in effective or ineffective ministries. And now they are just burned out. The biggest reason why it's a danger is because a person that is burned out or heading to burnout will not make the best decisions. They'll be more susceptible to temptation. The enemy is going to come after them in more serious ways. It also is going to result in a vacuum of passion, joy, and excitement, at least in the core of their life, which can be dangerous. They might go out and look for other things. This is, I think, one of the reasons why sometimes, uh, whether it's sexual sin or some other sin that can become uh, really prevalent in the life of a burned out leader that can be really dangerous. And a special note that I want to point out also on this subject is uh, church leader, you need to know that a skilled or experienced pastor, they can really fake it so long uh, that before it becomes really apparent that they're actually burned out or in trouble. That's, that's why we have, you know, nationally known ministry leaders who are writing books and then their ministry implodes because they they are able to keep things going even though under the surface things are not good at all. Yes, and unfortunately we've seen that time and time again. Uh, and so pastor, church leader, maybe you are new into a role, maybe you're in a transitional phase and maybe you're just an established church leader, but we want to talk about the things that you can't ignore. And, and listen, uh, you know these things. They're not going to be eye-opening to you, but we want to hit on them again. Uh, and so the five things were a changing community. The second one was kind of the the maintenance or the rundown facilities. Uh, the third one being the three Fs, friendship, fun, and fellowship. Uh, also, we want to be able to stay on mission uh, and then also a staff that is burned out. And so uh, we want to talk to you, pastors, church leaders, about um, really how to create margin and how to lead effectively in a ministry. But then also on that fifth point about how to avoid burnout so that you can thrive in ministry. So every week uh, we are going to get back on it where we're interviewing pastors about how they thrive in ministry and how they are purposeful and and on mission about what they do and reaching their community. Uh, And so we hope that you uh, enjoyed this episode. As always, we'd appreciate if you like, subscribe, review, do all those sorts of things. Just know that we are here for you. So if you got any questions, 
feel free to reach out to me. You can reach out to me at Kyle, K-Y-L-E, at talentonservices.com. Uh, or Dace, you can reach him at thedailybaster at gmail.com. Hey, God bless. Stay in the fight. Have a great day.